It's time to head out on the front porch on KFRM. Grab your favorite drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation on the front porch. Welcome to another edition of On the Front Porch here on KFRM. I'm Jamie Bloom and uh, visiting today with Renee Langvart. Hello. Renee is a friend of mine. Uh, welcome to the show. It's so good to be here. Yeah, glad you're here. Uh, yeah. Renee is... She is the picture of entrepreneur. When you look up entrepreneur in the dictionary, Renee's picture is going to be there. <laughs> that, that's a nice compliment. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, she's always got something going uh, and, and just such a fun person and has really uh, energized our town, Thank I you. think, here in Clay Center a lot. Thanks. She is the, uh, the Clay Center Area Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. director. Yeah. Right Still, now. It yeah. won't let me go. <laughs> yeah. As well as uh, running an awesome little uh, coffee shop, uh, cafe bistro. I don't know how you describe Java Junkies. Uh, I, we are classified as an artisan restaurant. Okay. So there you that go. would be our yeah. classification. Okay. So, yeah. And uh, just does does wonderful things there. Um, also selling LuLaRoe clothing mm-hmm. now, which is, yeah. is fun, too. We're all enjoying that. Yes. So I just uh, had to get Renee in here. She has a really interesting backstory, um, mm-hmm. as well as being obviously still an interesting person today. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to uh, get her in here to tell that. So yeah, thanks. Thanks I'm for excited. taking time. Oh, I'm excited. I know. I know you're a busy person. Renee, you said you were born. Actually, I said, no, you're from Georgia. And you said, well, mm-hmm. that's where I went to high school. But um, you lived so many places growing up. And But actually born in Pennsylvania? Yeah, Lansdale, Pennsylvania. I'm the oldest of four siblings. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad was a pastor. And he um, was in seminary school when I was born. Um, shortly after he... Um, I guess I don't know if he actually graduated in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. because he ended up graduating from Grand Rapids Baptist Seminary. Okay. And so from Pennsylvania, um, that we lived in Jersey for a little bit. And then my dad um, finished up his doctorate at Grand Rapids Baptist Seminary. So we moved to Michigan, Byron Center, Michigan. And then he was a pastor at a little church in Byron Center. And Byron Center, um, was very, very small, you know, like I was really young, mm-hmm. but as I recall, you know, like very similar to a town like Clifton or Clyde or, okay. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And that could, my, my, my memory could be askew just because of, you know, the age that sure. I was, but yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, and then from Michigan, um, I think I would, it was like in the first or second grade, Mm -hmm. I think it was in the second grade, my mom and dad decided that um, the Lord had called them to the mission field. Mm -hmm. And so they began the process of um, deputation, you know, Mm -hmm. essentially raising um, support so that they to be could able to go and move do it. overseas and obviously take all of us. And so they had all four of you by then? Um, no. no. Okay. Uh-uh. They had, they, no, they, and I don't, if I recall, my youngest sister, Sarah, uh, wasn't, I don't think that my mom was pregnant at that point uh-huh. when they made that decision. Okay. Um, then shortly after, um, so the, the place that, the mission board, I guess, mm-hmm. that my mom and dad were with um, was ABWE, Association for Baptists for World Evangelism. It was um, headquartered in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. So we moved back to New Jersey where both sets of my grandparents, like that's my dad and mom were both from Jersey mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And so we moved um, to Maple Shade, uh, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And um, 
we started a small school, but then eventually my mom took um, my sister and I out because during the deputation process, they were going all over and it was hard to school us, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. of traveling to try to raise funds to support themselves. Yeah. You don't and think so, about that part of it. No, I mean, it really you know, is like gosh, it's, a, it's an intense, be, yeah. you know, like there's different types of mission boards. Um, some mm-hmm. mission boards, you know, like they essentially hire you. And then, yeah. you know, like you work for that mission board mm-hmm. and that's not really how my mom and dad went. Like we raised, they raised, I should say, I didn't do any of it, but my mom and dad raised the support and, you know, the pledges essentially from the churches that they went to and those churches pledged to, you know, financially support my mom and dad while we mm-hmm. lived in the Philippines. So, um, then my youngest sister, Sarah was born mm-hmm. in Maple Shade and that process took about, um, I think they were on deputation for about a year and a half. Okay. So something along that. And then we moved to the Philippines. Moved I was in the fourth the grade. Yeah. My youngest wow. sister was eight months old when we moved there. So did that that make your, like your mom especially, did it make her nervous to think about taking kids to this I, foreign I country? So. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's funny. We don't really talk about that that much. But I remember thinking to myself when my own children were the age that I was, when Spencer was in the fourth grade, I remember looking at him and thinking like, oh my gosh, like what were you Could thinking? Like this? that is yeah. insane. I can't uh-huh. even imagine taking, I mean, I didn't even want to go to the mall with Spencer and Jay. Yeah. And then yeah. here my mom and dad took the four of us to a third world country and it's a, a lot of like the the older more mature population when i tell parts of the story they re- recall things like what i'm about to tell you but a lot of the younger they have no clue so when we moved there it was the day after the people power revolution had started okay so the people power revolution was um the People Power Revolution was when Ferdinand Marcos was the president, and okay. he was more of a dictator. Mm-hmm. He was not a good man. Mm-hmm. And the election was for Cory Aquino, a woman president, mm-hmm. and she was elected. Well, the rebels that followed Ferdinand Marcos rebelled, and essentially this humongous people, it was called the People Power Revolution, began. And it was a huge... Um, you know, political uprising mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And you were halfway there probably by that point in time. We got there the day after it started. <laughs> Literally, we our feet were on the ground in the in Manila the day after the People Power Revolution now, started. And I know you were young, but do yeah, you remember fourth, your I remember parents that. thinking, okay, let's go home? I remember thinking, um, you know, like, so the highways there, you know, it, it's... It's a lot the same, and yet it's very, very different. You know? Right, yeah. The, the highway, I remember this one highway, it's always bumper to bumper, and not like L.A. or um, Atlanta bumper to bumper, mm-hmm. like literally gridlock, <laughs> and the cars don't have good emissions, so it's like you can literally see a black fog. fog. I can still remember, oh. and then people would wear um, handkerchiefs on their face all the mm-hmm. time because like you didn't want to breathe gas it. mask yeah, yeah basically yeah. yeah and so this massive highway that went through manila was shut down and there were just thousands and thousands of people marching and then huge tanks um just rolling down the street and i remember thinking you know like the only time i'd ever seen something like that was honestly on television and even that was very sheltered because my mom and dad really uh, controlled what um, my sure. sister and I were allowed to watch, watch. you know, and you know, and I remember um, going into the, when we got to the airport. You know, first of all, the first thing that hits you is the climate change. So 
you know, like we went there in January. So I remember we left in sweaters yes. and coats. Yeah, yeah. And we got there to 120 degrees with like 120% humidity. Man. And guards everywhere with huge machine guns. And I just remember thinking like, that's scary, you know? Yeah. Do you remember being scared though? Um, I I recall being scared many times when we were there. There there was a lot of things that happened to us while we lived there. Um, Things that no four, you know, fourth, fifth and sixth grader ever has the business of being exposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So my my sister and I and I say my sister and I because my brother at this point was too young. He was, you know, only five when we moved there. Yeah. But so we went to a missionary school and so Uh we didn't really interact too much with um, other Filipino children other than the church that we were in. Mm-hmm. And um, so this missionary school is Faith Academy and it was missionary kids from all over the island um, or islands, I should say. They mm-hmm. even had dorms for kids that um, their parents were like in the southern areas or whatever. But um, so I went to school with like kids of all nationalities, mm-hmm. New Zealanders and Australian and Korean. And, you know, they were all right. missionary. We were all the same people. You were all, we were all there all for the same kids. reason. Yes. Mm-hmm. We were all missionary mm-hmm. kids. And you end up com- becoming like your own culture. Uh-huh. It's called third culture kids, uh-huh. essentially, because I was no longer no longer could I identify with American culture and I'm not Filipino. And so there are certain traits that you pick up, but we still were outsiders. You know, we weren't Filipino. Yeah. And so you essentially become your own culture and it's called third culture kids. And hmm. um, it's very real. I talked to um, oh some missionary kids, some missionaries that live here in Clay Center. Last summer, I think it was when they were home and the Catlins. And I remember talking uh, to the, the girls and saying, like, I know how you feel because, yeah. they, you know, they just don't feel like they fit no matter where right. they are. And um, but you surely made some good friends. Oh, I still have school. the friends that I made in, in the Philippines. I still talk to them today. We we went to this missionary school, Faith Academy, and we were on the bus for at least an hour to two hours every day, every depending day on the traffic level. Ugh. And um it's grotesque, but I remember this one day, um, it was very sunny out and we, there was a lot of traffic. And so the school bus stopped and, you know, like as we were creeping closer to the congestion, um, you know, I can remember looking outside and seeing a, a pile of dead men with <sighs> their shirts off oh my and gosh. bullet holes just riddled through their body, just oh my gosh. piled up on top of each other. Like it and was you're in fourth grade. Yeah, I was in the fifth grade when that happened. Oh, my gosh. And then um, fairly close to our school, some men that had been de- decapitated were oh. found. And um, wow, just things like oh. that, that we we took a small furlough when we were, I think I was in the sixth grade. Between the sixth and seventh grade year, we took a small furlough. And um, I remember coming home and... Um, you know, like we had kept our house. People just kept up our house while we were in the sure. States for a little yeah. bit. And I remember finding some bullet shells um, under my bed and it scared me so much. I remember throwing them under the bed, hmm. you know, thinking to myself, you know, in my little sixth grade brain, like if I just throw it away, mm-hmm. I, it won't, it wouldn't it won't have happened. Exist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like things like that, that we had a gunman come into our church one time. And um, our church was, you know, like downtown Manila and, you know, like the doors there, like they would just open onto the street. Like there were Mm -hmm. no screens on Mm -hmm. doors, no air conditioning, no nothing like that. And this man came running into the church on Sunday morning, waving a gun and everybody, of course, hit the ground. And, you know, Uh Uh my youngest siblings, you know, my mom 
scared to death for them and we went through um we had to evacuate our house several times um from coup attempts and um, wow. we lived between two Amer uh, filipino bases so um because of like the the change in currency we were very rich over there mm -hmm. okay sure. so yeah. like sure one dollar here was like a hundred pesos it right. was crazy worth a lot yeah so we had a nice house mm -hmm. and we lived in white plains was the subdivision and we lived between two filipino bases and so they would fight and so we were in the line of fire many times between mm -hmm. and um i can remember this one time there was a coup attempt and um, I would have been in the sixth grade when this happened. And I remember uh, my mom, my mom would always like um, wake us up to get mm -hmm. us ready for school. And this one particular day, um, she didn't. And I remember going out to the kitchen and going like, you know, sleepily. What's like, going on? Yeah. Wake? And she said, oh, there's a coup attempt. You know, she was very like nonchalant about it. And I was like, okay, like, I have no idea what that really meant. <laughs> yeah, but you know? not going to school today. Yeah. And it was just, you're not going to school today. And we didn't have television. So, you know, like to a certain degree, we were very isolated. And, you yeah. know, my parents protected us from those things. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. um, so I was uh, like, okay, well, I'm going to go read because I had, you know, I was an avid reader. And I remember laying on my bed and it was overcast that day. And I remember hear hearing rumbling. And I did not give it two thoughts. I just thought it was thunder. And, um, mid-morning about 11 o'clock that that morning my dad came home and I thought you know like that was weird that my dad came home and I remember walking out and hugging him and greeting him and I can remember him um he always patted my back a certain way mm -hmm. and I said something like you know like is there a thunderstorm or is there is it gonna rain or something along right, that line yeah. and he said honey that those are bombs going off and, oh um, gosh. you know, like anything like that really scared me. And mm. I've always been the protector of my siblings, always. Mm -hmm. And um, we had to leave the house because the fighting was getting so intense and and so close. Yeah, it was very close. And um, we had we went to another one of our friends who I'm still very good friends with today. Mm -hmm. And um, we would go a lot of the houses had flat roofs mm -hmm, so we they mm -hmm. went up to the roofs and they could see the fighter jets dropping bombs things like that but to this day i can close my eyes and hear the tanks going down the street mm -hmm. i can hear it just like it was and i can hear the helicopters i mean wow. just like it happened wow. yesterday every time i would close my eyes i would that's what i would hear and wow. it took a long time before i could close my eyes and, and sleep not see that yeah Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, Renee, this is such great stuff, and I want to keep <laughs> going with it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, though. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll continue our story with Renee Langvart today on the front porch. Back on the front porch today, I'm Jamie Bloom, visiting with Renee Langvart. Uh, Renee lives here in Clay Center now, but spent um, how many years in the Philippines as we a young child? Five years. Five years. Yep. Uh, as your parents were missionaries yep. there. Um, scary stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, really scary stuff. It, it really is, and on like I, I don't say this like jokingly, but I still have issues in adult, um, in my adult life because of the things that I experienced oh, there. Yeah. And um, it would stick with you. I don't know how you would ever 
really truly you don't and and people that um like my counselors diagnosed me with post-traumatic stress disorder sure um when the things started happening a few years ago with isis Mm -hmm. um i that triggered a lot Mm -hmm. uh for me a lot of memories oh my word yeah and i was you know like pretty close to a little breakdown and you know like completely irrational and Mark would say, like, honey, it's it's fine. Like, there's nobody here. And mm-hmm. in my brain, and, you know, like, I would talk to my counselor about it, and she said, unfortunately, it is there for you mm-hmm. because and you've we'll already be seen that kind of violence and mm-hmm. you've seen it firsthand right. and at a young age where it's kind of solidified in your brain kind of a thing. So there's things that I, you know, like, I still work through. But it, it sounds like our time was, like, horrible there well, and i really yeah. i don't have bad memories sure i was gonna say of, i know there's good things no about, i, I about mean like the there. political aspect was very trying but uh-huh. i loved the philippines and mm-hmm. the people there um you know like everywhere you go there's going to be bad people of course, you know of course um and i think just because of the the way that the country is run it's maybe maybe more um in focus like the bad people get more publicity sure, kind of a thing sure. but and it's different kinds of violence than it is here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, yeah. it, you know what I mean? Like, right. a coup right. attempt is exactly. new to me, you exactly. know, when I was there. So um, so talk about some of the good things that you remember about Yeah, I mean, there. like, I, I honestly, when I think about my childhood, I mean, I had a fantastic childhood. Mm-hmm. I loved the school that we went to. Um, I still have friends today, um, good friends, that we went to school together. And um, when we were in middle school... Uh, one of my favorite things about the middle school that we went to. So middle school there was sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And during, um, I'm assuming it would be the spring here, but like in the Philippines, there's four seasons, hot season, dry season, rainy season, and monsoon season. Okay. okay? So mm-hmm. like you're always going to be like 95 to 105, 125 degrees. Yeah. Um, that's always a constant. But um, it would have been probably during dry season, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I'd have to look at the calendar. But the middle school there, we did this thing called outdoor education mm-hmm. for a whole week. Every year that we would go on a trip and um, talk about some, I, I, I mean, just like, uh, my sixth grade year, we went to to all volcano and we camped on a volcano. Oh wow! And um, we stayed at this camp and um, like learned things. Like we we cooked a chicken. Like we killed the chicken and you know did all of uh-huh. the things to it and cooked it. Yeah. You know from scratch. From scratch. Like literally yeah, from scratch. Fresh. Very fresh. Yes, very fresh. <laughs> um, and hiked a mount, uh, hiked the volcano and. Um, then we went to um, this special beach and, you know, we found starfish and just, uh-huh. I mean, yeah. remarkable, remarkable experiences that yeah. I got to experience. And um, really just, I mean, yeah. I think about the bad things. Now I think about the bad things just because of what's going on in the world. And you think about how lucky you were, honestly, yeah. To, yeah. So, to, uh, to not have. Yeah, it really. Yeah. And, you know, like. As the violence um, got worse, mm-hmm. um, there was a, an earthquake that happened. And it, the center, the epicenter of the earthquake was in Baguio City. And um, we were nine hours away, mm-hmm. I think. And it was still like a 7.5 on the Richter scale mm-hmm. where we were. And I remember I was doing um, Kalinetics. I don't know if you remember Kalinetics or Kalinpikini. They were like the stretches kind of. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't that an exercise of some sort? Yeah. Yeah. Uh And it makes you really shaky, right? Okay. 
And because your muscles quiver. And I I remember my sister and I were down in, it was like the basement. It wasn't the basement, but mm-hmm. um, doing this. And I can still remember my sister's eyes getting bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. And I couldn't really feel it at first. And um, then we heard a huge crack. And our house was, um, the back half of our house was on stilts. Okay. Uh, so not stilts like what you're thinking. Like we had marble floors. It was a what you call a mansion. But like, so the back half was on stilts okay and when the earthquake hit it damaged that foundation and that's what we heard crack we heard the whole back house back half of the house crack Uh and i can remember my mom um screaming earthquake um get out of the house Uh and so we ran up as fast as we could and went outside and our house was gated As many of the houses in our subdivision were. were and it was like a ghost was shaking the gate because the gate was just shaking leaves were shaking everything was shaking and there was a rumbling noise like you could audibly hear the earthquake and that um but then what happens a lot of times um then my dad came home and he also said that time that he thought he was going to die he lived or not lived he worked in a really tall tower and um you know, all of his books, start, he got under his desk and started praying and thought, this is it. I'm, you know, the building's going to collapse. Collapse on top of me. He came home and um, what people don't realize that a lot of times um, the aftershocks are worse than the actual earthquake. Yeah. And so for months, um, three, four, five, six weeks, um, the aftershocks would hit. And um, there's a photo of this, but... Um, the four of us, my brother and two sisters, we all slept in the same bed because we were so terrified. And mm-hmm. I can still remember this one night, Danielle and I were just like, we're done. Like, we cannot, we're done. And mm-hmm. I, we went to my mom and dad's room and said, we can't do this anymore. You have mm-hmm. to take us home. Mm-hmm. And um, they decided that that was best for they us. They were ready that, to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think seeing us... Um, the way that we were just like emotionally, like we just couldn't. Yeah. Take we, it honestly, we couldn't do any more. And yeah. um, so. Wow. Yeah. My mom brought us home and then my dad followed suit and I think it took him through two or three months. And about how old were you at that point in time? Um, ninth grade. Ninth grade. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, and so I'm nine years. Um, I'm nine years older than my youngest sister. So uh-huh. she would have been four. Okay. Something like that. Uh-huh. Four. Yeah. She spoke fluent Tagalog. She doesn't remember any of it. Oh, really? Nope. Not Still one doesn't. single word. Huh. She doesn't remember any about the Philippines. Really? Nothing. Yeah, just Mm-mm. too young. Yeah. But she spoke fluent. Yeah. It, you know? I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, and we so came home came and we moved home? to Florida. Florida. Yeah. Okay. My uncle and aunt, my mom's uh, sister and um, brother-in-law live in Florida. And so we lived there and then um, right in Orlando, Winter Garden and... Um, my dad came, couldn't find work there, and then moved to Atlanta, uh, where he tried to find a job because m- his sister, my aunt Sharon, lived there, and so another, you mm-hmm. know, person he could stay with, kind of mm-hmm. a thing. And, and then, was he still looking to be a pastor at that uh-uh. point? No, okay, he was too ready much to, had happened. Uh-huh. He you know, was ready to it, do it. It really was, else. you yeah. know, like, and I, I say this all the time, you know, because like, um, I don't think people realize the magnitude of um, turmoil that people in ministry come under Mm, yeah um you know either from the circumstances in which they're living Mm -hmm. you know like what we were or just the the 
the way that Satan tries to break that up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, it just to do something it, it different. Just, it just like yeah. fell apart. Yeah. The whole thing, it, you know, yeah. yeah, it just it just fell apart. Yeah. So he got. I don't even remember what he did. Isn't that funny? Hmm. Um, but yeah. we ended up moving to Flower Branch. Flower Branch, Flowery Branch, Branch Georgia. Georgia. And I was so mad at my mom and dad. Oh, really? Yes. Didn't want to be there? No, I didn't. Because I absolutely loved Orlando. Oh, yeah. And I loved being close to Disney World. Both my mm-hmm. grandpa and my uncle worked for Disney. So we went to Disney whenever we wanted. <laughs> I can and see then, where you would have been sad to leave that. Yeah, but then, like, yeah. for the first time... Um, I really felt connected because, you know, like I felt like a lot of times in my life we were always leaving, mm-hmm. always saying goodbye to someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I had actually felt like I had a really good close knit of group of people. Uh-huh. And even though, like, I feel that way about my friends in the Philippines, it was still different. It was still sure. a different. I don't, yeah. It's hard to explain. But um, so I had found these friends that um, I really started to love you know mm-hmm, like and i mm-hmm. thought we're gonna really be here and i can really like and put you were down that roots. high school age too yeah where it it's really great and you finally start to kind of find mm-hmm. yourself yeah and, and i think that probably it was and, a lot of it yeah, too because you know like your middle school years are like the most yeah. awkward thing ever sure yeah and then you're moving away yeah and, and i felt I'm like sure here i am hard. starting to you know really feel like i know who i am and then mom and dad were like nope we're moving to georgia and yeah. so from orlando yeah the first road we went down um, when we got to where the house was that my mom and dad bought, it was Hog Mountain Road. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like, is this Hickville, USA? And I remember oh being goodness. furious, furious with, them. with mom and dad. But then I fell okay. in love. Well, uh, Renee, we need to take a break. So okay. uh, we're going to come back and find out why you fell in love with Flowery Branch, Georgia. Yeah. We'll be back with Renee Langvart on the front porch. Back on the front porch today, I'm Jamie Bloom visiting with Renee Langvart. And uh, Renee, we, we covered your years in the Philippines. Yep. And now we have you in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you graduated from high school. Yes, I did. Uh, you ended up loving it in I the did. end. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. My church was a big part of that. Um, I got really involved with our youth group at Blackshire Place Baptist Church. And um, that really, I, I think, was a pivotal part in my life mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know, even though I had grown up in the church and my mom and dad were missionaries, really becoming involved with the youth group really um, changed the direction of my heart, I think. Yeah. Um, so it, I have such good memories of my time there mm-hmm. i mean just good. i honestly i mean like i had a great childhood i really yeah. did well good yeah yeah so um graduated from west hall high school in 94 uh-huh. i was one of the youngest kids in my class and um just i don't know i was a bank i was a flagette <laughs> <laughs> um you know so like we, they had color guard and then the flagettes had the the smaller flags mm-hmm. and um you know, I'm I'm a klutz, and I am. There's no <laughs> grace in my body, and my family still teases me about the way that I whipped that flag around. And yeah, well, um, you enjoyed it. Yeah. So. Oh, I loved yeah. it. I I just had I have such great memories of my time there. <laughs> I went to a local community college there. Oak. Um, mm-hmm. It was 
what was it called? Gainesville? Oakwood? Mm-hmm. We called it Oakwood U. Okay. But it was Gainesville College is really okay. what it was. Okay. And at the time, now it's a four-year school, but at the um, time it was just a two-year two year. school. Yeah. What did you major in there? It's just liberal arts. Uh-huh. That's your like code for like you have no idea what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, I know, but a lot of kids are like that, so, <laughs> yeah. so that's okay. And that's then right. my best friend and I um, went to Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And um, we went there until the funds ran out mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's a very expensive school. Yeah, yeah. And um, we had scholarships. And then um, when that the scholarships ran out, we came back to Georgia and I finished my associate's degree at Gainesville mm-hmm. College. Okay. So and um, you did some more missionary work. Yep. About this time. Talk a little bit about yeah. uh, the mission trips that you did. Um, I went to Siberia twice and okay. I went to Jamaica twice. The two trips to Siberia. So it was in consecutive years. So 94, 95 mm-hmm. were Siberia and the 96 and 97 were Jamaica. So was Siberia as bad as they make it out to be? Because uh-uh. that's always kind of a joke that I'm going to send I know, you're you to Siberia. Send, no, it was like <laughs> one of the most beautiful places I've was ever been. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was very plush and green. Um, we went there in August, and so that would have been their summer as well. Okay. Um, but just absolutely amazing mm-hmm. experiences. Um, mission work has always been in my heart, um, either overseas missions or just what you can do to help people in your local area, yeah. whatever you yeah. want to call it. But right. mission work has always been in my heart. And um, so it, it was kind of a unique thing, and it was a cool thing. I love to tell the story. I told it not that long ago mm-hmm. um, to a Bible study group that I lead. But the first trip that I went on um, – it was a Sunday morning, and um, our pastor, Jim Austin, he had made the announcement that um, a spot opened up for this trip to Russia. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, like for months they had been saying, like, if you want to go, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, the trip was like at that point, it was like three weeks away. Mm-hmm. And um, so Pastor Jim said, okay, so like there's a spot open, and we used to do this thing where um, – after the offering, you would go down and pray. You mm-hmm. could pray at the altar if you wanted to. And it was open to everybody. Yeah. And so this one time, you know, he said that and I went down to pray. And um, a mentor teacher of mine went down with me, too. And after the, the prayer, so you could pray by yourself and then he would, you know, say a prayer at the end. And at the end, and then we would sing a song. Um, she looked at me and I, I lifted... I looked up and she looked up and we looked at each other and I said, I'm supposed to go on that trip. And she said, you're supposed to go on that trip. And I said, how the heck am I going to do that? Yeah. And she said, just go talk to Pastor Jim. And so at the end, I went up and I talked to him and he goes, I said, Pastor Jim, I want to go on this trip. I feel like God wants me to do this. And he said, well, that's awesome. He goes, but... You need $3,000 and a passport. Now, uh, obviously, this was before 9-11, so it sure. wasn't as difficult to get a passport, to you know, like passport. as far as time. Yeah. But still, nobody could probably get a passport in three weeks. Right. So I said, well, I have a passport. And he said, that's right, you would, because we had yes. been, you know, like... International before. Yeah. Yes, and, and it travel. hadn't expired or anything. Good. So my yeah. passport was valid, and I was able to apply for the traveling visa um, really easy and... But it was still like, okay, how are you going to come up with $3,000? And I had just graduated high school, um, so I was working at Wendy's, so not Mm -hmm. $3,000 worth of funds. (laughs) Yes, right. So I um, 
sent these letters out to all of the people that had supported my mom and dad and, you know, said, yeah. you know, I want to go on this mission trip and yada, 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 and sent the letters out, you know, uh-huh. prayed over it. And um, I'll never forget when the money started showing up, it came in like droves. Wow. And it was like $100 here, $300 here, $25 mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And I would just have stacks of mail. And I remember sitting on my chair and just going, like, being overwhelmed at how God provided mm-hmm. for that trip. And I remember thinking, you're so cool. Like, this is just the coolest thing yeah. I've witnessed. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I think about, like, my my life and my, my walk with the Lord at that point. And that's probably one of the, the first miracles that I can remember identifying. Like, there's no other way that, like, that wasn't coincidence, like, that was God. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. orchestrated that entire thing. And yeah. so I went on the trip and, um, again, it was pivotal in my life and, um, just amazing, yeah. you know, to see, um, what was the work you did while you were there then? We did. Um, so there was a dentist and a doctor that went. Mm-hmm. And then if you weren't involved with the medical aspect of it, we worked with an orphanage, mm-hmm. which is like the most hard thing to do. You mm-hmm. think an orphanage mm-hmm. here is hard? Mm-hmm. Uh, Third world country is just brutal. Um, And then we, you know, we had a host church. And so we would have like vacation Bible school Mm -hmm. kind of activities Mm -hmm. every day with the kids. And then Mm -hmm. um, I stayed with everybody got paired with like a member of the church there. Mm -hmm. And most everybody had a teammate. I was the only one that didn't have a teammate. And so I stayed at um, this lady's house. She spoke no English. Oh, gosh. I spoke no Russian. Right. By myself. By yourself. Yes. So it was hand signals for the most part. Yeah. But it was amazing because, um, honest to goodness, like, um, I know that the Lord gave me the ability to understand. We understood each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know that that was also God that because yeah. I remember when we walked in at the end of the, the trip and Pastor Jim said, are you talk- like, how do you know what she's saying? And I'm like, I don't know. We just know what we're we saying. Just, we just. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't speak Russian, but we were able to communicate, communicate. and know what yeah. we were saying to each other. It's amazing. Yeah. It really yeah. was just it was just such an amazing experience. Russia. I remember thinking um, how quiet it was uh-huh. like it was so quiet you know, like even when people speak, like Russian is such a beautiful language, but it's a very quiet and they kind of like almost mumble or uh-huh, murmur. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I remember making that observation like several times, like just how quiet everything quiet was. Yeah. And it was because of the communism. Mm. And, you know, like you nobody would look at each other and you didn't want to, um, you know, like cause attention to yourself mm-hmm, or anything mm-hmm. like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, it was Lay kind low. of like, keep to yourself, do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Don't go noticed. And, it, you know, even though it had been like 10 plus years since that had happened, mm-hmm. there was still like this deep rooted, um, hmm. like, it's just how they are. Now I haven't been there since 95. So I don't know if it's what progressed. it's like now. But yeah. That's but what it was like I remember then, thinking, so. you know, like hmm. just wow. how crazy we yeah, it was crazy. So how quiet everything was. Yeah, so okay. uh, we're going to talk about your uh, other mission trips to Jamaica. Okay. When we come back, we're going to take a break. I'm visiting with Renee Langvart today on the front porch. Back on the front porch today, visiting with Renee Langvart. And uh, when we left off, Renee, we were talking about your mission work in Russia and Siberia. Um, which you said was just amazing. You went two mm-hmm. years in a row. Yeah, I absolutely. Russia um, is one of the coolest places I've ever been. 
Siberia was amazing. Um, we went to Chemskoy and Novosibirsk. Um, Novosibirsk was the first year and Chemskoy was the second year. Okay. Um, but I still recall with clarity the first time I st- stepped into Red Square and um, yeah. just being overwhelmed at the the massive size of the square, mm-hmm. but then also the beauty of um, the Kremlin and um, St. Basil's Cathedral. And just, I would... I would have a hard time traveling overseas right now, like mm-hmm. just because of mm-hmm. my own issues. Mm-hmm. And um, but man, would I love to go back there? Yeah. Just because it was again. just oh yeah, uh, unbelievable. Talk yeah. about history. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely yeah. so. Um, then you also did some mission work in Jamaica. Yep, I did. Um, a couple two years, of years and a year. and yeah. similar type stuff. As yeah, far I as... went as a youth leader on those two trips. So uh-huh. the the Moscow trips or the Siberia trips rather were more. Um, you know, like on an independent basis. Um, and there's so many things I could tell you about that. Like the, the plane, I remember the plane from Moscow to Siberia, they used old fighter. jets. <laughs> the window was cracked. Okay. Really? And I, w- I had such high anxiety about flying that I literally, I was like, you've got to put me to sleep. God, like I, <laughs> I'm, I am <laughs> not, I, I can't handle this. There uh-huh. was a German shepherd walking down the aisle and her uh-huh. babies. Like, it's just not the same world, you know, no. not even close, no. you know, oh, man. Um, but I remember thinking, please let me go to sleep because I'm going to have a nervous <laughs> breakdown on this uh-huh. flight. They served us chicken. It was raw. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, it just yeah, like nothing. It's just not the same. Not the same. No. Uh-uh. Huh. Um, so I went as a youth leader to Jamaica and um, we went inland, you know, like uh-huh. so we flew into Montego Bay. Uh-huh. A lot of people think of you know jamaica is like this most beautiful spot yeah yeah and and they do have beautiful attractions but you all you have to do is go like 30 minutes out of the city and you see real jamaica Uh and um so we went about three hours inland and um went to these um areas where we did the same thing dental and doctor work Uh and then also building we helped build buildings Mm -hmm. and then vacation bible school Mm -hmm. kind of ministry and yeah uh, this one, probably the one thing that I remember the most about um, the the two trips that I went there. Well, the first was that was my first time of like working in construction, like pouring cement and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So that was really amazing. But um, occasionally in the afternoons, what we would do is um, go in teams, of course, and we'd go into the village and just talk to people and, and meet people and everything. And I remember this one day we went to stopped at this little house and this little girl came out and um, she wanted to show me her dress, uh-huh. one dress, mm-hmm. and the only dress she owned, the only words. dress that yeah. this little girl owned, and she brought me to her house and it was a dirt floor, and she was so proud to show me this one dress that was hanging in this closet. Mm-hmm. Okay, like literally one dress, and I remember being so ashamed of myself. Um, because I was so gluttonous and you know, like at that mm-hmm. time, this is just what I remember about that. So CDs were a big thing then. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay? Yeah. And my CD collection alone would have been more money than this girl would have probably seen in her entire mm-hmm. existence. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, you know, like how foolish I was. Um, and that was a pivotal moment in my life. Um, as far as giving to others Mm -hmm. and making sure that, you know, like everything that I have that I wouldn't give it away, you know, that it's important to know that 
just because you have it now doesn't mean you you're always going to have it and and honestly um, everybody i've ever talked to who's gone on a mission trip has come back with that same feeling yeah. i think it just it yeah every mission you. trip i've gone on i've come back with the, sh the clothes on my back Mm -hmm. um, you ended up giving everything away. Everything away. Yeah. And the, when I went to, because like they encourage you to bring gifts because, you know, like you stay with yeah. people. So you bring sure. gifts and they love American things. Um, but I remember being so ashamed of myself at just like just the, the small amount of stuff that I had in my suitcase was, was just more than... It, more than that what they had. And they were so happy. Mm -hmm. And um so the first time I went to Siberia, I literally gave every single thing. I bought a pair of shoes and I bought a T-shirt at the hotel that we went to in Amsterdam on the way home. And then I left the, everything else that I had in my bag in the hotel and left a note and said, if you can use these, please, you take my things and came literally yeah. walked off the plane. And that's all that I had. Yeah. And um so I just remember that little girl in that one dress. And every time my kids, you know, like, are like, oh, I want this and I want that. And I get guilty of yeah. that, too. Oh, sure. You know, like, sure. I, I think it's part of our American culture. I think you're um, exactly right. Yeah. But I always say, you know, I remember that little girl in that one, one dress. dress. And the the thing that was remarkable about it, remarkable was not the dress itself, but how happy and pleased she was with that one good thing. She was happy with it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, really really shaped me into the yeah. per person I am today. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the person you are today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you have a couple of kids. Yep. Um, your husband is Mark. Yep. And uh, talk a little bit about uh, living on the farm. Yes. For one, uh -huh. you had not done that in the past. Oh, no. Uh -uh. So has that uh, been? But I can't, I cannot imagine my life any other any, way. Any other yeah. way. I know yeah. that this is where God wants me. And um, I know that um, God... God put Mark and I together. Mark uses God uses Mark to shape me into a better person yeah. constantly. Yeah. And um I have three kids, a stepdaughter Brooke and mm -hmm. then um Spencer and Jay uh -huh. and then uh -huh. um they Brooke is doing amazing. She's just working her way up in her job and she's just such a good kid and um her husband Matt works here in Clay Center mm -hmm. with Public Utilities and then Spencer and Jay, they're both in high school now. Wow. Yeah, so I just <laughs> think not yeah. that much longer with each one of them. So yeah. um, Mark drives a truck full time, and mm -hmm. um, he's a hard worker yeah. and farms and mm -hmm. does yeah. snow removal and just... Mm -hmm. And you like the small town life now. Yeah, I can't imagine living anywhere else, honestly. Yeah. Um, not that long ago, just a couple of weeks ago, I went back to Atlanta to visit my family mm -hmm. and I didn't even go anywhere. I pretty much just stayed put at my dad's house. Um, but every time we went out, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, the traffic uh -huh. and the chaos. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like when you get out of small town, the, the pace is so different. And mm -hmm. I get irritated that Kansas gets such a bad rap because, mm -hmm. you know, like. Sometimes I think people associate, you made that comment ago about Siberia. Like, sometimes I think that Kansas is like oh. the Siberia of America. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's then so not the case. Let them think that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> people here, junk so, away from us. Yeah, but no, you know what I mean? It's like. It, no, it's very true. It's very, any movie, anything like that, Kansas is always considered the, yeah, the Yeah, it's like town, the armpit of America. Yeah, and like it's nobody just would want to come here. Yeah, it's like, oh, what's in Kansas? And it's like, exactly. no, we, we have like, the best, oh. most full life. Oh, I know. You know? It's so true. So, so yeah, true. And, and so 
Well, we're really glad you're here. I, like I said uh, at the beginning of the show, I really feel like you've energized our town and done some well, some you. fun things with the downtown area and and yep. with the chamber. So yeah, I we're glad you're it. here. Yeah. Glad you're planning I, I, on sticking I, around. I know this is where God wants me. So Good. Good. it gives me great peace and great joy to be here. Well, Renee, I just want to thank you so much for taking time it's to tell pleasure. your amazing story. It's my so pleasure. It was just everything I thought it would be. Yeah. So. Well, good. That's been Renee Langvart today on the front porch.